Hi, and welcome to this six-part podcast on the power of the written and spoken word with our very special guest, writer, poet, and performance artist, Cecily Holland, author of All Who Sail In Us. Cecily, welcome. In this sixth episode, Cecily talks to us about celebrating neurodiversity and how writing and performing her poetry has helped her through some troubling times. You mentioned before your dyslexia and you attended a secondary school as opposed to the grammar school like your brothers and sisters. How has this affected your writing and do do neurodivergent people write differently? Well, I don't know if they write differently because it's all very new to me. I, I feel... I've been in this world of my own. People might assume it's lonely. Part of it is lonely, but it's also absolutely fascinating as as hell for me, um, in a good way. I mean, <laughs> um, a good hell. Uh, it is. It is difficult. It has been difficult for me. Occasionally, it's. It's been. It, it can be quite scary because my my, my brain, my mind is is quite different to other people um, and, I, and I can it's hard to describe it really one of the one of the things see as I'm speaking now my brain is racing like mad it's saying oh you're talking about us talking about dyslexia and neurodiversity oh yes that's us blah 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 like I, I can do things like I've, I've, I've had a very very bad ed- education academically really bad because of the school I went to everybody had went to my school had a really bad education but I can go, because I've got a photographic memory as part of this, I can go to like pub quizzes, I've discovered things like that, and I will get all the answers. And I do not know how I've got all the answers or why I have. Not all of them, but a lot, a good percentage of them I will get. Crosswords, things like that. And I will have seen them the words at some point throughout my life because I'm quite nosy as well I could just look a, look a lot and take notice of things and words all the time so my brain will remember information so I will then get the answers it's quite mind-blowing and sometimes I, I can do things I can meet people and I can have a conversation with them or I can hear them having a conversation be in their company and I can meet them then again five years even ten years later and I can remember every detail about them. I can I can remember how many sisters and brothers they've got. I can tell you what they had to drink in the pub that night, even and things that they said. But only things that particularly interest me. I'm otherwise, you know, I'm not that interested. But in my writing, in, in my books, I can I can remember conversations. And this one book that my my second book that I've written called Steady as She Goes. I got I quite a bit of it. I go back to my childhood with my sister, who's three years younger than me, would talk about her quite a lot. Going over it again when I was editing it, and I was reading it, and I was I was going, look at this conversation that you had. Because it was normal to me, really. It was just like normal. And then afterwards, I was going, look at that, you were only six and three. And I could remember every detail of our conversation that we had. And it's massive. It, it, it's very helpful, actually, uh, as a writer, in some ways but then when I when I was in my early 20s and I first started writing in, in, in secret when I got my my own well I didn't have my own place but I lived in a squat but I had my own bedroom um so I used to write started writing poetry there and I freaked myself out a couple of times because I'd write a poem and then I'd go off and do something and then either the next day or later on that, that that evening, that night, I would go to read the poem and, and I would panic because 
I couldn't believe that it was me that was writing, that had written it, and it freaked me out quite a lot. And that sounds bizarre thing to say or to, to happen but it's true and so I would run away from it I'd run out of the room it was so mad and oh, so crazy because I couldn't believe it and then because it was writing about poems about me about my childhood and my life and things like that and, and I was like oh my god so eventually I would I go back again I had to go back to the actual page to read it about three or four times and then the final time I would get there I would only believe that I had written it because it was my handwriting that's the kind of brain that I've got and I can sometimes I can uh, when Kaz who helps me with my publicity and that she will ask me to write to write something or about something and, and I'm like oh yeah sure Kaz I can do that ah. oh, this, but then I just so what I do is I mean she's really easy going so she you know it's fine so I'll just what I'll do is I'll just put the phone down and I'll just put it into my brain I'm almost like I, can, I almost get hold of it physically or visibly and get invisibly get hold of it and throw it into my head into my brain and let my let my brain sort it out and my brain will come out with the answer it's weird it's 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 handy again it's handy but it's it's incredible and i don't know why it's like that um and i just think oh well that's just that's just it that's just the way it is but i I never picked up at school but nothing ever got really picked up at our school apart from head lice (laughs) so it wasn't until i'd stopped working because i was diagnosed it's after i got ms so i went to and worked at a local community radio which was quite a big one of the main radio stations in the area at the time and I worked there and it wasn't until I worked there I had my own show and I did chat and current events and different stories and uh, did all the production and everything for it and it wasn't until then that I realised the extent of it because I just thought I had word blindness I'd say to people I've got word, 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 word blindness and sometimes I would stutter and my words get all mixed up but when I went there because I had to write everything down and it had to be because I was going live doing a live show it had to be precise so I so I then finally realised that I uh, something I was going to say it wasn't right but I mean whatever something was quite different let's say to the rest of the world's words and the way to speak and everything um how did you cope with those personal challenges that you were kind of discovering about yourself? Well, well, I was so used to it. I'd spent my entire life living like that. And strange, well, not strange, did, but funnily, let's say, I thought that everybody thought everyone's brain was like mine. I never, I didn't really think that I was any, any different or, or if I, or if, if I did, I wasn't, it didn't bother me. I think I thought it was quite funny because another thing, what really tickled me was if I would read, um, start to read a book or, not that I've read many books, but I, I would start to read a book or read. I never finished one, but I would, or I would start to read an article in the newspaper. I did, I did like to read the newspaper, and I would start, start to read it, particularly with, with books, not so much the newspapers, but I would read the same line over and over and over and over again, and so I couldn't carry on with that. But with newspapers, I would read a story, and it would be funny because I would read it wrong. I'd read the words wrong, and the story would make would have me in absolute fit. 
minutes because it, it was, I'd put a different word in, so it would just be become very comical. It was a, it was a laugh. So I just sort of went along with, with everything, really, and um, never really... Well, it, it was difficult. I suppose it was difficult in some ways, but to get hurt. But then again, I, I think that's partly being working class, I think, and not having the power, the, the support and the power to... I think that if I was middle class, people would just think that I was eccentric, whereas as I'm working class, they just think that you're thick. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things now to um, to help people who, who can't, who do struggle with that. There's like there's like which I discovered, which I don't actually use myself. I've heard about them um, on your phones. You can do a voice to text, so you can speak into uh, into your phone. Get an app, and it will uh, it will write for you, write the text down for you. Do you think that's given neurodiverse people more of a voice in the community to actually get their work out there? I think so. I think there's more awareness of it. I think people are realise finally again, this country is so slow and a bit dim really, and they've just take forever, but there's so many people with so many diversity brains, and I think that's people are beginning to realise it now, and, and to, rec- to recognise it, and to help people you know, um, because there's so much opposition up, up until quite recently towards people. You know, I've just met this young chap, 17. He's helping me with social media and he he's neurodiversic, if that's the word, right word again. And he's, um, me and him get on very, very well because there's, we like, we speak the same language even though we don't speak a language together, but we just have this thing between us. It's like a way of being, and, and I just say, well, I don't actually understand this, and and, that, and he just, he'll just like shrug his shoulders. He goes, oh, well, it doesn't matter. It's what, whatever. It was, it's all very, very comfortable for him, like me, so, being so much older than him, and him just being so much younger than me. Not that that should matter, but it just doesn't matter at all between us. Um, you know, like he, he actually can't, physically write he can't write with a pen he can't put it things onto a page the school wouldn't ha- wouldn't help him and his parents discovered that he can do things on a computer he can write on a computer and he's absolutely he's actually really really brilliant he's very very clever uh, so they, they strong armed the school into letting him have a computer at school which he brings in and he just does loads and loads of work and like he's he's very intellectual he's, he's just got into five universities or he applied to get into five universities, got into all five, and he's, um, he said, to, I said, oh, wow, that's good. He said, I oh, know, that means I've got to make a decision. He said, I could have done with not getting into two, and then I wouldn't have to make so many decisions. So we just sit and just chat and laugh, and it's such a relief because it's it can be it can be a very lonely place. I think uh, I think I just assumed the way I was brought up was so tough, so I was just assumed. I just sort of got on with it, really, like a lot of things, and um, good to to have that freedom recognize that it's okay that it's people aren't gonna ridicule you or because my sisters used to ridicule me a lot like I, I used to stutter quite a lot uh, and because it's not just writing and the spoken word it, it, it well I mean writing like poetry and things and book it's also speaking finally trying to get your words together to actually speak and I used to find that quite 
quite difficult. And as I've got older, I've got more confident. And like I, sometimes I used to go into a shop and I'd go in and I'd look all confident and be me. Oh yeah, this is Cecily and she's cool and she's she can do this, she can do that. And then I'd walk into a shop and I'd go up to the get to the counter and I'd be all open my mouth to speak and no words would come out at all. And that used to happen quite regularly and that was awful. That was really, really awful. And then you'd see the staff like looking at you, staring at you, and you'd be staring at them and you and inside your voice your voice would be going your voice would be dead and you'd be just trying to trying to talk and you just keep looking at them and then and then occasionally they'd go it's okay take your time and that was so lovely i feel like crying again and that that was just you know so it isn't just it isn't just writing it's, it's speaking as well it's, it's it's your voice and speaking and people being kind to you just like a shop assistant it just makes such a difference and luckily that hasn't happened to me for a long time it'll probably go and happen tomorrow now <laughs> I'd like to thank Cecily Holland for her amazing contribution to this podcast series and a thank you to her publicist Caroline Brennan for setting this all up. You can find more about Cecily's work on Amazon and Instagram. See you in the next episode on the power of the written and spoken word. Thanks for listening.